Geek Nerdery. Player one, press start to play. Bungie. And this is Cowabongo. But the turtles for your 16-bit system are Cowabunga! Holy cow, it's turtles in time! The cool arcade game for Super NES. Now with tasty turtle duels. And psych up your Sega Genesis with the Hyperstone Heist. And all new 3D turtle thrash. So remember, this is Cowabingo. But the turtles for Super NES and Sega Genesis are... Cowabunga, dude. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 46 of Graveyard Duck Podcast. With you, as always, my name is Scott. And I'm Donatello, uh, a Wes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wes, we're talking Ninja Turtles today. Really? Oh, yeah. man, I thought we were talking Shinobi for some reason. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a really great Ninja Turtles game. I, oh, no, wait, we're talking about two really great Ninja Turtles. Nah, that doesn't sound right. No, we're talking about three really great Ninja Turtles games tonight. Yeah, um, there you go. First time we've ever done a three-peat like this. I mean, if you look back at our NES episodes, obviously we covered off multiple games there, but not yeah. quite in the same vein as this. But I, you know, this was one of my suggestions that, um, I don't know, I got the idea that it'd be fun to do, you know, the Ninja Turtles arcade game. And as I was thinking about it, it's like, well, we could do either the original or we could do Turtles in Time. And, well, you know, which one do you choose? It's like, well, I, I don't know that if you do one, you're ever going to come back and do the other one later. So it's like, well, why don't we just piggyback them? They're similar enough. We can put them both on one episode. And then mm -hmm. we were supposed to record last week. Life got away from us and we, we couldn't quite get there. So we had to postpone and kind of as a bonus to say we're sorry for skipping a week we decided to throw in the hyperstone heist for the uh sega genesis as well so yeah three arcade style turtles games Triple all for the price right. of one yeah pretty much so and that price is free that uh, is you know so it's a, it's a good deal and it comes with a free personal pan pizza if you take this episode yeah, I don't know if those will still work or not. <laughs> yeah, I think they expired in 1991, but uh, if you've still got a coupon, I, I suppose it's worth a try. So I would love to take one into Pizza Hut and just say, so can I use this? I I have a feeling they might actually do it just out of the... Uh... I don't know, man. Like we're, we're at the point now where like your average Pizza Hut worker was, had not even been born, you know, when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 came out on the NES. So... Uh, I think they would have a hard time believing that it's real. First of I all, I mean, if you brought in the instruction book and I, I, I don't I know, suppose, I, mean, I mean, you might as well wear your book it badge while you're at it. You know? <laughs> uh, just, just get two free personal pans. So. That is where I used to sit. Um, Cause there was the, the pizza hut that I grew up at as part of their book it program. Like you they had a pizza hut. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I did. Um, okay, okay. It's it, it's Just why I can't get the garlic the smell of it, off of me. In still, the cooler next to the bag of sausage. <laughs> um, but but they had the the book at display with like some free books that you couldn't take with you, but like you could read there. And it was the only place in my life still that I've ever seen. Do you remember those old golden books? Yeah, like yeah, the regular style golden books. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. There's a Legend of Zelda one. Huh. I don't and get any of that. Our Pizza Hut had it and I read it all the time. It had like the same art style as the um the cartoon that was paired with Super Mario Brothers Super Show, but Okay. Yeah, it was a ton of fun and I loved reading it. And something about a mo moblin who gets a magic spear and yeah, I don't remember anything about the plot, but mm. something about pizza. getting pizza sauce all over page eight with, you know, uh greasy fingers and right, uh, right. bread stick hanging out of your mouth. Yeah. I could see that. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't really, I don't think uh, the Pizza Hut in um, in the town where I grew up, I, I don't think they really had anything like that. It was just kind of a um, your average 1980s Pizza Hut um, that had like two random games occasionally. Um, I played stuff like, I know they had Outrun there for a while. They had Versus Super Mario Brothers, they had Gauntlet. Um, they had a lot of health code violations. Um, <laughs> you know, we didn't really eat there a whole lot, so uh once in a while but uh you know that's and that's kind of a relic of a bygone age too though because you know a lot of pizza huts now are just carry out places and the majority of of old pizza huts have been converted into other restaurants that you know aren't necessarily the same or you know either and you know like we've seen a lot of most places anymore they don't have arcade games the restaurants don't have the arcade games they have the gambling machines you know which are like arcade games for adults with gambling problems so right uh, Way less fun. Yeah. But it's funny, though, if you think about it, like the tables have turned a little bit because like as kids, like when we went to a restaurant, you know, we'd want to order our food and then go play arcade games. And now it seems like you go to a restaurant and like you see a, uh, an older person like order their food and then go play the slot machines. So it's true. It's very bizarre. But we walked away like with a smile on our face. They just walk away like grumpy and, you know, defeated. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on the game that you're playing, too. I mean, sometimes, you know, if you only got 25 cents or 50 cents and uh, you got a raw deal on an arcade game and lost all your lives right away and had to have that walk of shame back to the table, you know, before the food was delivered, then you're just kind of sitting there going, what do I do now? You know, just smelling like failure. Yeah. I mean, I could walk up to the salad bar and put my hands in some lettuce or something. But, uh, you know, that's about it. So (laughs) I don't know. Not that I did that course not all right so obviously i i'm just gonna assume that you have some nostalgia for the old uh ninja turtles arcade game we, we should oh, talk absolutely. to uh j- just to give some years here um so the first game was originally released in 89 uh developed by konami it's one of you know the most classic of the konami arcade beat-em-ups uh it got ported multiple times ended up coming out on the nes and Later, I think it even showed up on Xbox, I think, and was a unlockable yeah, and mm. one of the other more recent Turtles games for, I don't know, some modern systems. Yeah, um, it was uh, one of the Ubisoft releases, but it had uh, the music was a lot different and uh, it wasn't it wasn't quite the same, you know, because mm. of rights issues and stuff like that. But. And then Turtles in Time was kind of the follow-up, and this one was released two years later, 1991, for the arcade, and it ended up getting a Super NES port as well in '92. Um, mm. uh, and then the Hyperstone Heist is one which is kind of interesting. We'll we'll talk about it obviously at the end of the show. Um, and this was kind of the the follow-up to Turtles in Time, but it was also kind of Sega's answer to the Super Nintendo version of Turtles in Time because it came out in '92 as well. Um, Again, still by Konami, but yeah, for the Genesis. So 89 through 92, which was, I mean, the height of ancient or, you know, original Turtles hype. Um, Yeah, we we were living it. It was right there. So, yeah, this is right in between um, the first two films and the cartoon series. So, right. uh, Yeah, this is, uh, like I said, yeah, peak turtle time. Right. So, yeah, this original arcade game, you've got some nostalgia. I know you do. So go ahead and tell us about it. Dude, I have a ton of nostalgia for this game, and I still do because um, not only from uh, just hearing like the opening theme song in the attract mode, uh, that's one of the, to me at least, that's one of the most iconic sounds of a 90s arcade is the beginning of the Ninja Turtles theme song because no matter where you went, it felt like anybody, any arcade that had Ninja Turtles, they always had the volume turned up and you know you could you could always hear it you know and it was just like yeah it's turtles you know um the x-men was the same way i still can remember that opening with the blackbird or the the jet that's flying through and then magneto's x-men you know like Mm -hmm. that's the other one that's was it's just on constant loop in my head (laughs) right yeah you'd hear turtles you'd hear x-men um you'd probably hear a bunch of hadokens from a street fighter 2 machine somewhere within the arcade uh, a little bit later on in like 92, like it was not uncommon to hear mortal Kombat mm-hmm. coming out of like, you know, really deep bass speakers and stuff. But um, 
But yeah, Turtles, uh, to me, the first arcade game is just, it, to me, it's synonymous with that era of, uh, of arcades. Because at the time, you know, for us, like, we grew into that, um, that era of arcades. But it was already kind of like, like a second generation of arcades at that point. Because if you think the golden age of like your Pac-Man, the Galaga, Centipedes, all that stuff. And then like arcades sort of not really died off, but uh, kind of changed for a little bit. And then like in the 90s, then they were sort of back and beat ups were huge, you know, and Turtles is, is one of them. And to mm-hmm. me, um, I feel like the nostalgia for Ninja Turtles, the arcade game for me, sort of encapsulates everything that was great about growing up in the 90s and going to arcades in that, you know, it was not uncommon to see a turtles machine if there's an open spot and just come up and you know usually is it ask somebody is it cool if i join in you know drop in a quarter and start playing or right. you know if you're doing the same if you're the first one on the machine you know maybe somebody else is going to join in and that's to me like that's the nostalgia for me is the the drop in drop out multiplayer of turtles is uh is awesome and it's just it's a feeling like i look back on and think Man, this was really cool. But it's also sort of come back too because I noticed that there's a lot of barcades that have the Turtles game. Like everybody has that same sort of nostalgia. And so you've seen that sort of return. You know, it's not uncommon to go to a barcade that has Ninja Turtles and see like four people playing it with beers all around, you know? And that's yeah. great. It, it, and this, you know, the the drop in and out thing is funny that you say that because this was one of those games that I remember I started a game and ran out of quarters but somebody else had joined in and i was like oh great you know you keep going and i ran to the change machine to get more and came back and was able to keep playing because yeah yeah. they were still going oh that's that's the best thing too is like you know if you if you didn't you ran out of tokens or something and it's like you know the change machine was moving so slow you're like come on hurry up and the timer's counting down you know like 20 seconds or whatever you run back to the machine, hoping that somebody else hasn't just jumped in and taken your spot. Right. You know? So, yeah. So I, um, I mean, I absolutely loved this game growing up and this and X-Men were the two games that I would always go running to first when I got to an arcade and I would try Mm. to find them. And, you know, X-Men being the more rare and harder to find game meant that this was the one that you kind of found everywhere. So, Even though I looked for both, this is the one I almost always ended up playing. Um, and there were two arcades in the town, or I'm sorry, one arcade and then one restaurant in the town I grew up in that I know had turtles, and I went there as often as possible. Mm-hmm. And actually, to this day, the pizza place that had turtles still does. Really? And yep. Nice. Um, and I, I just love it, and I lo- I love trying to get get back there to play. Um, but it's mm-hmm. It's so great. You know, I don't own an actual arcade cabinet in my house, but the day that I do, this will definitely be the one game that I start with. Um, yeah. Because I, I just love it. You're right. The, the, the music is so iconic. Um, the levels, I think the colors, and just the, the animation, I think is just so, so, so smooth that mm-hmm. there was just something just beyond like magical about this as a kid. Like, I mean, I was an enormous Turtles fan in this era. Oh, who wasn't? I mean, really, you know. Right, yeah. So to have the opportunity to not only, like, get to play a Turtles game, but for it to look and sound and feel this good just was icing on the cake. Um, You know, it wasn't one of these ports that it's like, well, we we got the franchise rights, but we kind of botched it. Like, no, this was actually, like, fantastic. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. I mean, we're talking in the '90s era Konami here. That mm-hmm. you know, in in the arcades, um, was one of the big names. You know, yeah. they they could do no wrong in the arcades. You know, this X Men uh, Simpsons. They had a, a few games that were kind of hit or miss that are a little bit more, I guess, uh, obscure. I guess, but as, right. as far as their highs, I guess their their highs were incredibly high. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, one of the fun things about this game too is that I can remember. Oh, I just thought of a third place that hmm. he could give me a roll of quarters. I'd go play turtles all day, or you know, while he was there. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was funny. Like this was one of the first games where I started to pay attention to how much progress I could make with a certain amount of money, because Mm -hmm. that was kind of the standard, especially for something like that, where we're going to go, you know, to the gym or to the mall. And, you know, my, my dad or my mom knew they needed this much time to go do their stuff. So Scott, you can be entertained. So here's, you know, sometimes it's like, here's a buck, here's two bucks. And then it's like, okay, I'll go play for a little while and you will, you'll see me pretty soon. And, you know, I'll be bored begging for money again. But if they just gave me a roll of quarters, here's five bucks. Like now don't bug me for two hours. Like (laughs) that's probably going to keep me entertained that long. Um, And, you know, I could make a roll of quarters last quite a while, but it was never quite enough to finish the game. Um, Um, And I think it was just because like, as I played it as a kid, I was more like I was using the special, the superpowers a lot, you know, where you hit both buttons and Mm. I've noticed that my strategy just wasn't great. Um, I was having fun, but my strategy sucked. And so like $5 never quite got me through the game. Whereas now every time I play it, you know, I kind of see like, you know, well, the arcade that I go to now that has it, like it's free play, but you still have to hit the button. It's like, I keep mental track of how many, how many times I hit that button. It's like, okay, I'm down to about 350 for a whole clear now. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's also, um, I think it speaks to the the design philosophy behind it too, because uh, I think the, the first arcade game strikes a really good balance between uh, being a, a genuinely somewhat strategic beat-em-up and not quite a quarter muncher, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Um, in that it's probably doable, um, to, to beat this on a one credit clear. But at the same time, there is a lot of strategy involved, especially like you said, if you want to stretch your money a little bit more, um, you know, you're going to do a lot more things such as, um, maybe jump kick more. You're going to, you're going to zone your enemies and kind of get them in one section. Um, you know, like there's a lot of options as far as you've got your special attack. Um, you know, so you start playing, like you said, you start playing a little bit more strategically, but I think, I think Ninja Turtles is definitely, um, doable, um, compared to some beat em ups. I think it's, especially at this time, there was a, a temptation, I think, for a lot of, um, arcade games to sort of just be ridiculous as far as difficulty or, right. you know, kind of make you keep spending money. Um, like case in point for me, like I like, um, the arcade game Alien versus Predator, but it's so incredibly almost unfair at times and that it will spawn like eight to 10 enemies all around you at once. So you really don't have much of a chance to, I mean, you're constantly losing life. You're constantly attacking things. And I don't feel like in turtles, I, I feel like it's manageable. Right. You're, yeah, you're and- face like three to four foot soldiers, maybe four mousers or something. Um, but uh, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can kind of keep them grouped together. You can, you can manage things uh, a lot more easily. And I think some of the later games that, that we're going to talk about today, like that's not necessarily true. But mm. for this original one, I, I definitely say it was. Yeah, and I think, I think especially well especially because the the stages are actually, and I this was the funny thing playing it as an adult is like as a kid, I remember the stages being really long. Mm. Playing it now, it's like they're actually very very short levels. Right. Right. Um, now the NES version, the stages feel very long. Yes, me, they but... they extend it there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but so the stages are short. None of the enemies are terribly tricky. And, and like the foot soldiers, they at least like color code them. So, you know, okay, when this color shows up, he's going to have this attack. This color has this, so you can kind of plan your strategy that way. Um, and the, the bosses, that's the one thing that I think as a kid, I just went, you know, full melee on them and just like go Mm -hmm. to town. Yeah. But like, you actually do kind of learn there's a pattern and it's it's a complex pattern but most of them have something to where it's like okay i can hit rock steady this many times before he's gonna kick me so Mm, yeah hit him just that you know don't hit him until he falls down hit him a couple of times back off then come back up hit him two more you know and just like right it it takes practice but you can eventually get there um i still think with krang and shredder it's a little tough to get that pattern if it's there at all I feel like they're they're just a okay. If you've made it this far, we're going to steal your money now. But um, 
Well, and it, it depends too, because um, you also sort of have this tendency in the arcade game, at least, to to sort of mash your special attack because it doesn't take any life down. But in the uh, home version, you know, that's not really an option because when you use your special attack, it's actually taking life points down. Right, right. But I think it's also um, the difficulty of this game can also be measured in by how many people are playing with you at once. 100%. Yeah, that's not something that the home version really, um, you know, you might get two players, but I don't, there was never, at least until the Xbox Live version, there was never really a four player arcade version, unless you count maybe like, you know, through MAME or something like that. But uh, yeah, so being able to play this, being able to play this multiplayer, you know, adds a lot to it. And to some degree, it adds a little bit of chaos, but I mean, it just makes the whole thing that much easier because obviously, you know, right. They can only, you know, the bosses can only attack so many directions at once when you get to like stage three and you're going after Baxter Stockman, like just, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to have one person take off out the mousers and then the other one just focus on mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, it's manageable and the difficulty is not going to scale because there's more people. Yeah. It stays the same. So your biggest challenge with the multiplayer, I think is just keeping track of, of your character on the screen because you know, you got four player characters and you've got, you know, three to four enemies, possibly more um, upwards, of like six to seven, um, you know, but yeah. And, well, and the pizzas, you know, keep yeah, the, yeah. the pizzas fair. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. There was always that one dick who only had like one <laughs> had only lost one health bar. And he's just like, oh, pizza. It's like, you know, you yep. ass like I'm about to die. Right. right. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, the game is phenomenal. It's a ton of fun. I think it really, really did a good job of capturing, you know, the magic of the show, the cartoon. Um, it, it was simple and pretty grounded. Like it was very basic. Like the, the bosses didn't get too out of control. Mm. You had Rocksteady, Bebop, Baxter Stockman before he was a fly. Yeah. Um, then Rocksteady and Bebop again. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little bit weird then after that because they had the, couple other people from like dimension x and mm. some weird things that i don't remember their names and then crying yeah. and shredder um, there was uh mecha turtle as well i think nope, uh not yet he was in turtles in time oh that's right that's right yeah yeah so uh, yeah the, of then there was uh a couple big they were just like big rock there was like the blue rock bird yeah yeah, guy. That's yeah that's right yeah like the rock soldier guy yeah and then the um, NES one had, uh, they added, what, two new levels to that. So they had two new bosses in that one. Yeah, so let's uh, talk about the NES here for a bit. So sure. um, taking a step away from the arcade, I think that's the one that we all grew up loving. Uh, then in, oh, maybe it was also 89, the NES version came out. Mm-hmm. And, no, I'm sorry, this was in 1990, the NES version. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember just losing my mind when I found out that this was coming to the NES because this was also back in the day when, you know, the NES wasn't really capable of emulating arcade. Right. So you still had to go to the arcades to get those great games. The versions you played at home were, eh, you know, pale comparisons. So when they were going to bring Turtles, you know, my favorite arcade game home, I, I was probably as excited as like, kids 10 years older than me who got excited when you know donkey kong was coming you know how they felt um but i just remember thinking like wait this is this is weird this is off like something's not quite right here um because it was close to the arcade but it changed things um you obviously had you know only two players you couldn't play all four um you had a limited number of continues so obviously adding some difficulty there. Mm. And yeah, like you said, they added two extra stages and they, well, they, they took the stages that were there and expanded them, made them a lot longer and then chain or, and then added these two extra levels. There was a snow level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what stage it was. I think it was, you know, somewhere in the it was about three, I think I want to say, yeah, it kind of, it kind of broke. Like if you look, if you break the game into thirds, these two stages kind of went in the, you know, between the first and second third and then the second, third, th- third thereabouts. But yeah. Cause the other one is the Shogun level. I want to say where it's like, yes. um, it's, it's towards the end of the game. Right. 
Um, but those two added levels feel incredibly long. At least uh, stage three does to me. They're like, long and they're difficult. Uh, they just didn't really feel like they belonged. And part of that's just because I was so used to the arcade. Yeah. Uh, but also it was because the the bosses that were introduced, unless they were in some really, really obscure episode that I've never seen, these weren't characters that were from the cartoon. There were mm. no action figures of them. It was uh, Tora was the boss of the snowfield, which was this like dog, dog thing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And then they just called him Shogun was the boss of the other one, which was like this robot samurai. Yeah. And I just remember as a kid thinking like, what are they doing? Like they're, they're screwing up my franchise. Wow. It didn't really bother me, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I I found it a little, Oh, very weird. Um, This game was very difficult on the NES and I was never able to beat it. And I've always kind of blamed it on those two levels. Like, well, if you didn't put those in there, I could have done it. <laughs> I mean, that's an excuse. Yeah, I, didn't, but... <laughs> I didn't mind it. But then, like, I mean, on from my side of it, I, I knew that the NES wasn't obviously going to be able to replicate the arcade version. But uh, I was still excited to have a version of it at home. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I owned it as a kid. I, um, I played a lot. I'm sure a lot of people did. But um, my... My biggest complaints with the NES version, it's not so much the characters or the graphics, but I feel like it's its just kind of boring in a way because um, obviously the limitation of having only a couple enemies on screen makes it kind of um, not as interesting. But I feel like um, in the NES version, your normal attacks don't really have any range to them. True. Yes, true. You, yeah, so if you notice like in the arcade version, like let's say you play as Leonardo, or Donatello, like you've got you've got range with your bow staff, your katanas, and it never felt like that in the NES version because it felt like with like Leonardo, for instance, your main sword swipe attack is just like a very small window of attack. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of range on a character, which led to uh, a lot of jump kicking for me because uh, that was an easier way to get through most of the game without dying. Right. Because if you used your special attack, it would take, you know, two or three bars of health. So what I found then is, um, and like I said, by the time you get to stage three, it starts to drag on. Because especially in three, uh, they have a lot of sections where there's no enemies, but you have, like, stuff dropping from the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the rocks or whatever. So you're constantly dodging that. But um, the other thing for me that I don't care so much for on the NES version is every boss then becomes... Um, just an exercise in using the same attack over and over. Right. And so what I did constantly was, you know, you would you would neutral jump in the air and then you would dive kick, you know, with your jump attack. And you would just kind of rinse and repeat. And so, like, I would jump in the air, you know, dive kick from the left down to the right and hit the enemy. And then I would do the same thing again. I would jump in the air and dive kick from the right to the left. And so you would just kind of go back and forth and you would vary up your... Um, your moves a little bit so you don't get hit. But that's to me, that was the, that was most of the game. And so um, I, I was able to beat it pretty often, but it was one of the things that by the time I got to the Shogun level, I was just kind of bored with it. I was kind of tired of, you know, doing the same thing over and over. And I like a lot of beat em ups. I like, I like the genre, but it has to constantly be interesting for me. And I feel like the NES version of turtles just, it was it was fun for the time. Um, going back to it now, I don't think it's for me. It's yeah, there's some nostalgia in it, but I don't feel like it's worth playing as much anymore when it's you know you can you can find the arcade version so much easier now. Right. right. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and and I agree. It was just an exercise of jump kicks, and uh, yeah, I... yeah. There's no other strategy. I mean, you know, anything else that you use. You know, normal attacks don't really do anything. You don't have enough special attacks to, you know, to withstand a boss fight. You've got limited continues on only so many lives. Um, so then out of necessity, it, it sort of becomes, you know, that you have to use this jump kick over and over. And it just kind of takes the fun out of it. It's like uh, it's like exploiting a glitch to, uh, you know, to win. Right. And that's just that's boring to me. You know, the same with uh, Final Fight has that, too, where... Um, you can exploit a um, 
a glitch with like Cody and I think guy to some extent in that, you know, you punch three times and then you turn around and you punch the air behind you and then you keep punching the enemy and you basically stun lock them and you keep the combo going instead of going into your, like um, your body blow and then your throw. But that takes all the fun out of it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to go up to each boss and you're going to do the same three punches, turn and then three punches and turn and just whittle them down, there's no strategy there. And then it's like, well, why are you playing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't know. All right. So, so let's jump forward in time two years. Two I years. see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're now in 1991 and the arcade follow up to the original game comes out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is one that actually I've never seen the arcade of more than maybe once or twice, and it was never when I was a kid. Okay. Um, I can remember seeing this one quite a bit, but it was the places that I saw, they they only had, you know, you either had the arcade game or you had hyper, or, um, Turtles in Time. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking a lot of places I saw had just upgraded the cab. Maybe. Yeah. And I, I can remember seeing the marquee. So I, I know that I've seen it a couple of other places, but to actually play the arcade game has only happened once or twice other than, um, you know, the, the super NES port, mm. which came a year later in August 92, um, yeah. which pretty faithfully recreated the whole game um, and allowed you to play kind of at home. <clears throat> so I'm very familiar with the game, just not as much on the actual arcade. So in this one, I think that, you know, most notably, first of all, is that it's incredibly similar in terms of its aesthetic and feel controls, all of that to the original game. Um, There's a couple new moves that they added, like you've got this weird like whirlwind uh, windmill type attack when you jump. And if you hit, you've got new special attacks for everybody. Yeah, um, you've got a dash um, that's sort of an auto dash after uh, a, a few steps, um, which then you can shoulder charge into an enemy. Um, you can also slam them left and right into the ground, and you can throw them into the screen. Yeah, the, they they did some fun stuff with like yeah the the throwing into the screen where you get a big zoom in of them. You know, s- slapping them back and forth on the ground is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so some of the aesthetics and the the animations were definitely improved. Well, uh, and also I would say the the color palette in Turtles in Time is is incredibly good too. Yes, and, it is. Um, it came out. I think this came out around the same time or pretty close to um, Sunset Riders because it has the similar color vibe and it has a lot of um, it borrows some other elements, which is cool. Um, I don't know if you ever played Sunset Riders, but it's also a really good beat 'em up. Yeah, good game. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just to me like Turtles in Time. Sort of, it it's like the next step of of like the Konami cartoony beat 'em ups, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it still has that same charm that the first one did, where each stage is very memorable. Um, you know, I I still remember from the first game that very first stage when you're in April's office building and it's on fire, and there's the flame in the you know foreground. Uh, this does similar things like one of the stages you're in the old West and there's, you know, horses riding in front and foot soldiers mm-hmm. jumping off and you're on a moving train. And there's just, you know, all these little like animations that really kind of added some charm to it. Uh, I'll never get the sound of my toes, my toes out of yeah, my head right. from, yeah. you know, some of the sewer stages. Um, yeah. There's, there, there's just a lot of fun to ha- to have here. And I didn't feel like it really made it, superly gimmicky it just kind of added um you know I, I, I don't know just a little bit more um fun to it. i know what you're saying where it's like um you know one could argue that there's not a whole lot different between the first two games but in a way if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing because um it's it takes everything from the first game and just kind of refines it a little bit more you know um each of the turtles now has more sort of distinctive attacks you know, so they don't all feel quite so similar. But uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. If, if you enjoyed the first one, you're going to love the second one because it's its more the same with a little bit of refinement here and there. And what I loved about the second one, about, or about Turtles in Time, was that they changed the bosses. So 
in the in the first one, you know, all of the bosses were like I said, the the classic bosses from the the cartoon and the action figures. And now when we get to part two, like almost every one of these bosses that shows up is just like, oh, awesome! Like I love that guy. Oh, I love that one. And it's like yeah. I feel like they kind of pulled some some strange characters out of the woodwork for this, but they were still iconic and you know just a, a ton of fun like every time you see one of them yeah now the any or the super nes version versus the arcade version there were some changes between the two in terms of the bosses um for the arcade if i can remember right and i might get the order wrong you do fight um baxter stockman as mm-hmm. the fly at this time instead of flying around in his little um jet mm-hmm. uh there's a stage with Leatherhead, the uh, uh-huh. the uh, alligator. Yeah, I couldn't think yep. of the the Cajun alligator. Right. Uh, Toka and Razar from Secret of the Ooze mm-hmm. are in here, um, and there's a couple other weird things like there's a big like mud blob monster. Yep. Um, yeah. And then toward the end, you end up fighting um, Super Krang, who's basically in his big bodysuit, but flying around with yeah. wings, and then you know Shredder at the very end. But for the Super NES, they added, if I remember right, isn't the Rat King in there? Yep. Um, Rat Bebop. King is uh, like on his hovercraft or whatever. Yeah, and Bebop and Rocksteady make an appearance mm-hmm. in there. You've also got um, you've got that that level with Shredder in his uh, uh, machine or whatever, and it's sort of Battletoads esque, where you have to throw the foot soldiers into the screen. Right, 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 right. Um, and then, yeah, I've, if I remember right, even Shredder looked different. I think they made him more like Super Shredder in the Super Nintendo one. Yes. So yes. Because yeah, you had was... the, didn't you fight him on the top of the skyscraper, I think? Am I thinking of that right, or is that the other one? I can't remember. I know that in the arcade version, which is what I was able to track down this week, um, it's, it's kind of on a scaffolding. And so when you beat him, yeah, he falls yeah, off right. the yeah. ledge. But um, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so the the bosses did change a little bit between the two versions, uh, but I mean they're 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 close enough and it's still similar. But like I said, they're all just fun. Like it's fun mm-hmm. to see Leatherhead and Rat King and I mean Token Razar. Like I absolutely loved Secret of the U's growing up. So to see those two characters that were just obscure as hell, yeah, show up in this game, it's like hell yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't see part two in, in theaters when it came out. So um, I had kind of moved on a little bit from, from turtle stuff at that time, but like, I, I still like the character design in the games, but uh, I wasn't like super uh, knowledgeable of, of who they were, but I think uh, turtles and their secret of the ooze might have been the first movie I saw in theaters. Okay. I so. saw the first turtles in theaters um, in 80, was it 89. But uh, by the time the second movie came out, I kind of moved on. I was like, eh, whatever. So, mm. um, so. Oh, yeah. Mecha Turtle. That was the other one that's yeah, yeah, that's in it. this game. We already talked about him. but Yeah, yeah so, I mean, it, it's, it's just a, a ton of fun. Um, I don't know that I would say it's as good as the first one, mostly just because of the classicness and... Um, nostalgia oh, i have for the first one but I think, no i think it's still just as good if not better it, yeah i mean it's it's right up there and i think mm-hmm. if if i had had this one growing up and like both of them were side by side it would probably be a complete you know coin toss as to which one i like better but um, yeah the super nes one is a lot of fun though because it does change up some other stuff because uh i think that's the uh the neon nightways level in uh the super nes one is is all mode seven so it's kind of I think it's just a bonus level. So, you know, you're kind of like, it's like F-Zero where the track is moving and um, you just have to collect bonuses and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it was cool that they used a couple of the the Super NES tricks. You know, like every game sort of had Mode 7 scaling and zoom, you know. Um, but uh, it was tough. I, the the Super NES one was, was really tough, I think, because if you played through on normal, you got a message saying, you know, you're going to have to beat it on hard to to get the true ending, which was was true of a lot of Konami's games at that time. Uh, I know Contra 3 does that, too, where you get all the way to the end of Contra 3 and they want you to play on hard. So uh, which is good. I, it, it extends the the lifespan of the game, you know, but compared to the NES version of, you know, the Turtles arcade game, I think 
Turtles in Time and on the Super NES is much more faithful and more enjoyable uh, to play through. I, I sat down and played through that a couple times over the last few weeks. So, hmm. so I don't know. but I think, and it's, it's longer too, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, like I was saying with the, the NES version with the stages feeling long, this one doesn't feel like that, even though there's more levels. Uh, what's there like 10, I think in Turtles in Time, but uh, it, it's still fun, I think. But, yeah. Yeah, it, dra- version, so. it drags on a little bit. Um, yeah, and I think that one of the yeah, things, yeah. one of the things that um, might be the reason I, or the other reason I would put the first one slightly above this one is, although the the stages here were all clever, like you're obviously traveling through time. So at one point you're on like an old, you know, pirate ship, and there's you know the prehistoric era, there's the Wild West. It's like they're all kind of clever, but like they didn't have quite the same charm to me like they, they, they were well-designed arcade stages but they didn't feel like turtles to me they just hmm. were, were good stages so part of that like makes me think like okay like yeah i'm on a train but i don't really care like so yeah I, um, to me i felt like this was more like more like a cartoon in that um you know things didn't really make a whole lot of sense but you were just kind of along for the ride like you know like you said, we're in the old West. Now we're in space. Now we're on a pirate ship. Um, you know, you're just kind of getting thrown through time. And that was kind of fun. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that seems like a plot from a cartoon. Sure. So. All right. So we got one more stop to make. Uh, we're now jumping one year ahead to 1992. And the same year that the uh, Super NES version of Turtles came out, Turtles in Time came out for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist for Sega Genesis and Mega Drive. Um, now this is one that I had never played until you suggested we add it last week. Um, I never had a Genesis growing up. I just wasn't that interested in some of the games at that point. You know, the, the home ports of some of the other turtles games didn't really work for me. So this one really wasn't even on my radar. Um, had I known that it was kind of the same style of that, you know, classic Konami beat em up, I would have jumped on this a long time ago, Mm. but I had no idea that it was such a clone. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really fun game to, to try and to kind of see, but, uh, I had, I had no expectations. It had no idea what I was going to get. Okay. Okay. And see, I remember playing this, um, in the early two thousands cause I didn't have a Genesis growing up, but, um, at the time that this came out, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of weird that, um, the Genesis didn't get a port of turtles in time. And I don't, I've, I've never quite figured out why that was, but, you know, at the time it was, it was very common to have your, your different ports on the Genesis and the Super NES to be able to compare them. But, uh, you know, so when I had read like, oh, Hyperstone Heist, that's, that's different, you know, but I had a Super Nintendo, so I had Turtles in Time, not a big deal. But by the time I later on kind of got into emulation and getting other game systems, like once I got into college and had like disposable income, whatever, uh you know checking the out games that i missed it's like okay this is kind of cool because it's taking you know elements of the original arcade game and some of the elements of turtles in time and kind of mashing them together into like another game right and that's kind of cool in a way it's sort of like to me it, it kind of feels like a little bit of rom hack where you kind of mixed all these things together but on its own I think it's just as good. I mean, yeah, you know, so the formula is still there. The beat 'em up formula hasn't changed very much, but there's something about seeing like new levels and and new, um, I don't know, new attacks, but with familiar enemies and and recurring bosses from the original one to think, okay, this is kind of interesting in its own right. Yeah. So I was gonna say, you know, when you, when you said, well, the I don't know why the Genesis didn't get Turtles in Time. It's like, yeah, well, they did. It was just kind of called hyperstone heist um i mean it's not the exact same game but no it's it's got a lot of stuff from the the original game and and a lot of stuff from this and you you can see this more when you kind of play them back to back within weeks of each other but there's stuff lifted straight out of turtles in time yeah Um, yeah. so obviously that was the framework that they were using right so to to explain what i mean for people who haven't played this like Turtles in Time, the story is April's reporting from you know Liberty Island, 
and all of a sudden super krang flies up and steals the statue of liberty and then there's a scene where it shows the turtles all huddled around the tv and shredder shows up and he starts you know telling them like ah, i got the statue of liberty blah 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 um this one starts with april o'neill reporting from liberty island and instead of krang flying up and stealing the statue of liberty it just disappears through you know magic and then the next scene is you see all the turtles huddled around a tv with splinter as shredder shows up and starts taunting them ha 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 i got the statue of liberty it's the exact same intro with one slight difference like just they're in the same poses um well it would it was cheaper for the for konami to just use the assets that that were already created and just kind of copy them over and change them right i I totally understand that and there were a couple other spots that a similar thing happened there's um there's one stage where you're kind of in an alley and a couple of the the scaffolding like the the whole stage wasn't copied from turtles in time but there were a couple little sections of it that it's like oh this is lifted yeah Um, that's what i was saying like it feels like a rom hack a little bit yeah Yeah. and then at the very end you know your your fight with shredder um the fight is different like his mechanics and movements are not the same as they were in turtles in time right but when you beat him it does the same thing he stumbles backwards falls off the balcony and then your ending is the same of the turtles flying on the turtle blimp and then it's the exact same scene and including april down at liberty island again and shredder gives the little smile to the camera and it was it was just funny how much of it was the same even though most of the game was different yeah Um, that's true yeah so the 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 game plot here or you know the the makeup is this one was actually really short um Mm. it's only five stages total you go through uh New York, and then you fight Leatherhead, which his mechanics and his pattern is slightly different from Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. which I, I found good because it's a very, very easy pattern to learn. Right, right. And because I, I was concerned when I started playing this game, it's like, I want to see the end, but I don't know how many credits I get. So I was you know, nervous going through. Um, so I was glad when I got to Leatherhead and figured out his pattern very easily and... So got through all of stage one, still on the first credit. Stage two, you end up fighting Rocksteady, mm-hmm. who's pretty similar to how he was in the original Turtles. Yeah. But, but again, stage two is, is almost exactly like the stage two in the arcade game, in a way. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're in the city and like the, the background is kind of similar and everything. Yeah, it changes at some point because you start on a yeah, ship, there's, there's I think. Cars and stuff like that. So like yeah. they you've got some of the, like the cars from the parking garage and the um, NES version. Right. But in a way, like I, I thought it was cool because um, you know, we never had a, a and back then we never had a proper home console port of the original arcade game. So it was like, this is, this was like the closest that you sort of got right that, you know, which is cool. It, it was cool to see um, like arcade rock steady on a home console. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you know, like, and then that, yeah, they went to, went to the next stage, which was Shredder's hideout. Um, and I was like, okay, they're gonna throw a twist at you because obviously it's not done yet. And you end up fighting this um, a guy Tatsu, I think was his name, and I don't know if he was yeah, from the show yeah. at any point, but he just looks like he's probably the, the right hand man of Shredder. And you fight him right. and a whole bunch of foot soldiers. Yeah. And then it was stage five that threw me off because it's called the Gaunt or stage four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, called the gauntlet and mm-hmm. it's just a boss rush yeah. of motherhead rock study and tatsu it's like oh i just did this like this right it's a pretty it's short it's, game yeah it's just a boss rush yeah um and you end with fighting baxter stockman again straight from the first game so he's, mm-hmm. he's back to flying around in the little pod dropping all the mousers um it was just really interesting that that all felt like that entire stage is nothing but recycling um, yeah and then it you know moves on from there. You get into the final stage, which is the Technodrome or whatever they called it in this particular game. Mm-hmm. And you fight Super Krang again, just like the exact same as he was in um, part of Turtles in Time when he was flying around on the um, with his wings and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you fight, and and that was pretty tough. Um, but then when you get to Super Shredder. I found that to be the easiest boss fight from any video game ever. Yeah. 
Um, You're expecting it to be incredibly difficult, and it's not that bad at all. No, he has he kind of does this teleport thing, and then he's going to appear, and he kind of charges up with one of three different color flames. And depending on the color, he does a different like attack. Like red, he just shoots a blast of fire across the screen. Mm-hmm. Green, he shoots you with an instant death, you know, demu- yeah. demutation beam. Um, but if he does the blue one, he just kind of shoots this ray up into the sky. So all you do is just continue to avoid him until he does the blue one. And then while he's shooting in the sky, just walk up to him. And you, I think you can get five or maybe six ha- hits in on him. Mm-hmm. And then just walk yeah. away and keep yeah. avoiding him until he does blue again and do that. It's like okay, that was nothing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's funny to- too because and it's like the the classic video game trope of you know I'm going to use three different colored attacks and you know like green mm-hmm. and it's still enjoyable. It, it was. I, I found yeah. that uh, with this one, especially like when I bumped it up to the hard difficulty, I really enjoyed it because uh, it required a lot more. Um, management of like both sides of the screen if that makes sense like sure you know i'd, sure. I'd be attacking both soldiers on the right and then here comes some on the left so i have to manage them really quick mm-hmm. um so as far as from a, a playability standpoint i really like this one because uh not only does it feel like it feels like the speed has been bumped up a little bit um this one feels like it plays faster than the other ones um but the other change that i noticed with this one um control wise is that um, your dash is actually mapped to a button in this. Right. Then uh, in Turtles in Time, the default setting was automatic where, you know, you'd start to walk and then you'd run and then you could dash or you could change it to a button. But in this one, it's by default. So um, that I, I noticed, like, I was constantly trying to get the auto dash to work. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's not in this one. So I have to hit the C button to dash. But then same point, like I said, when I was playing on hard, when you're managing so many enemies on both sides of the screen, then, you know, that adds a little bit more strategy in a way. You know, I'm going to dash over here. I'm going to attack this one. I'm going to dash back here. I'm going to throw this one. And uh, I was more engaged with this one as I was playing it because of the way it played. Yeah. Um, so all, all in all, I would say that, you know, yeah, this is a it's very fun, good port um, and, a, and a great way to kind of be able to play some of the arcade games at home. Uh, long before they started to show up on, you know, Xbox Live and as secret unlockables and other things. So, yeah. The only problem now is that, uh, thanks to you know, digital licensing and stuff like that. I mean, a majority of of the releases of Ninja Turtles, especially the arcade game, have been delisted because, uh, you know, the rights only lasted for so long for that company or whatever. So it's right. unfortunately. For the first game, it's really hard to find a legitimate copy of it unless you're uh, unless you have an arcade version or you know resort to ROMs or whatever. And it's just yeah, it's bad. you know, like there's so many there's so many awesome arcade games from the 80s and 90s that still have yet to be sort of re-released in a, a legal fashion. That uh, you know, it's just kind of unfortunate. So yeah, and it's too bad, you know. But luckily like i said turtles is one of those that the arcade port or the arcade cabinet was so common back in the day that like i can think back to you know if i go back to bloomington like there are two copies that i know of in that town that are plugged in right now Mm -hmm. and i mean that's good there's yeah you know that they're 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 out there and you might have to dig a little bit you know arcades are becoming harder and harder to find but you know this I don't know. They're coming back in a way. I mean, they're, the they're starting to come back. I mean, the uh, you know your round ones and your galloping ghosts and stuff like that are uh, are still thriving. So there's there's a niche there, um, but they're they're still out there, which is good. It's more, I would say, it's more accessible now to to find an arcade version of Turtles than it was ten years ago, you know, or fifteen years ago. Oh sure, uh, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a plus at least that. You know, uh, most of us of this age group that had nostalgia for it and, you know, didn't want to just seek out another sports bar, you know, like created these barcades and these hangouts for like, you know, for nerds that uh, that love video games. So it's it's cool because your your odds of finding a, a Turtles game in a barcade are probably pretty high. Yeah, definitely. 
So, all right. Well, this is um, a fun little nostalgic way to look at three games all at once. And they shared enough similarities that I think the conversation flowed fairly well. But um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's I, I'm glad that we kind of took all three um, and discussed them one by one, because as individual episodes, it would be hard to um, talk about each of these for a full, you know, for a full show without repeating ourselves too much. So by being able to sort of compare and contrast all three of them that have a similar framework, I think, um, I think that works a little bit better. So um, I did have one more bit of nostalgia. I did forget about um, regarding the first game. Um, So in the town that I grew up in, in the nineties, me and my friends, uh, we, you know, we're always trying to find arcade games to play and stuff like that. And once, uh, you know, once we turned 16, got driver's licenses, it's like, Oh man, let's go to Aladdin's castle or, you know, let's, let's go to, uh, wherever. But anyway, um, so in the town that we grew up in, there was this, uh, this arcade that popped up, uh, for a short time in the, the early nineties called chillers. And it was, um, it was in this like rundown building that was like across from the dairy queen, just kind of, you know, kind of a, a weird place or whatever but the first time that we heard about um you know this arcade like oh we gotta go you know so it's uh it's me uh my friend brian and my friend jim that uh jim who actually designed our um graveyard doc logo so we would go there a lot we'd go to chillers and whatever and he had um the guy that ran it was a uh i think he was an ex-fireman or something like that but anyway so they had he had all the all the big games right it had mortal kombat had street fighter had turtles and anyway, um, Jim could probably tell the story better than I could. But uh, at some point, the the owner of the arcade was like, hey, man, he's like, because Jim was a really good artist. Um, he's like, hey, man, I want you to draw, you know, uh, a marquee for me, you know, with the Ninja Turtles on it. It's like, oh, cool. You know, this is going to be awesome or whatever. And like, I don't know whatever happened with that. I don't know. If, I think he still got the uh, the artwork, but uh it was just weird. Like the whole, the whole thing was just kind of shady, like in a way. And then like pretty soon the arcade just like folded up and disappeared. <laughs> um, and it was just kind of bizarre. Like the whole thing was just really, I don't know if they were running drugs at the back or what the deal was, but uh, I don't know. It's just funny. Like, like looking back on it, like, uh, you know, like it was fun. Like we'd go up there and play and stuff, but it was like, it was just kind of weird. Like just sketchy enough. that it's like, well, this is a little weird, but they have arcade games, so you know what I mean. Like, I don't we'll, know. we'll forgive the fact that it's a place called Chiller and it's in a alley. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, it wasn't really an alley. It was just, you know, it, it was just across the main street, you know, with near like some residential houses and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you're gonna put an arcade somewhere, like I wouldn't put it there. It was shady, Wes. You should have known better. Well, you know, it's the '90s and. I don't know, you know, the, the, the memories of uh, Arnold in the bike shop in different strokes had, had long passed anyone's <laughs> memory at that point. So nobody re- was really thinking about it, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, at the same time, it was just, you know, when you, when you played arcade games back then, you just had to be willing to accept that, you, you know, might get not every place, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not every place was going to be on the up and up, but uh, you know, and especially if you were a fighting game player, you know, if you, if you went somewhere to play Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter against somebody, you know, that uh, that may or may not uh, take kindly to the fact that they got their ass kicked, you know, you might get your ass kicked. Yeah, the first time as a kid, you try to use a real sonic boom and it doesn't work, you're screwed. <laughs> right, right. In case in point, I think we went to an arcade one time and uh, um, I don't know if it was uh, Landmark Arcade, which was, it was real shady there, but... Uh, um, we went there one time and uh, we're playing Street Fighter, I think it was, or whatever. And somebody walked up and was like, hey, my friend really likes that jacket. You know, like, like, does that mean, like, I'm supposed to give you my jacket now? <laughs> you know? uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's a different, it's a different era today, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, barcades are, are safe and fun. Round one is, you know, family friendly and whatever. But back in the day, you know, you, you just never knew. So that was the All right. So yeah. that, that's my uh, that's my arcade story for for that. You know, it's still fun. All right. So don't know what we're going to be doing in two weeks, but we will be back with another fresh episode. Got a couple ideas we're kicking around, but um, yeah, pretty excited about it. And um, 
I don't know. Might even involve some listener requests. Who knows? But um, yeah, we've got a few of those that uh, you know we we need to do a better job at. But uh, uh, you know, we we've, we've got responsibilities that pop up, and sometimes things get pushed back, and it sucks. But uh, so if if any listener, so. if any listeners have made requests and they're really pissed off that we haven't gotten to them yet, how do they get a hold of us to complain? Well, we've got a couple of different venues there. So we've got our uh, Facebook group, um, Graveyard Duck Podcast. We're on Twitter at Duck Graveyard. Uh, we're on Instagram, Graveyard Duck Podcast. Um, you could email us at graveyardduckpodcast@gmail.com. Uh, you know, there's there's several ways. We've got a Discord group. Um, you know, we've got a lot of different avenues of uh, connecting. You know, like like every show these days, but uh, but we're also busy working adults and that sucks too so yeah. uh, we don't always get a lot of time to devote to um caring for and nurturing the show i guess but uh you know we do what we can so we hope that uh hope that you enjoy what you're listening to and if you do um please by all means leave us a review on apple podcasts or uh wherever you get your podcast and uh yeah just we uh, enjoy doing the show and uh you know, it's it's free entertainment, and we hope that you enjoy listening to us. All right. And with that note, I will say we will be back in two weeks with more free entertainment. And until then, I'm Scott. And I'm Wes. And be sure to read the manual to prevent turtle extinction, dude. Game over. <laughs>